What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and we're back after missing an episode. It was gone last week, wasn't able to make it up in time, but we've got a great show for you today. I'm joined again with Hayden Cheryl. I'm back! And, oh, wow. <laughs> and we've got we've got a great one in store for you. So, in exchange for missing last week, this episode is going to be 100% ad-free, okay? No annoying ad reads from me this week. No cringy plugs. Just me and Hayden for a half an hour. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, the two marquee free agents from this offseason, have signed to pretty big contracts. Manny Machado went to the San Diego Padres for 10 years, $300 million, or $30 million per year, for, for those of you who were, were curious. And Bryce Harper went to the Phillies for 13 years, $330 million. Chump change. Now, not to flex, but if you go back to the previous episode, I did say, in a, well, kind of. I, not I, to flex. Yeah, I alluded to Bryce Harper signing with the Phillies, and I was right. So mark it down. I think I've earned my place to have a podcast because I can make correct predictions occasionally. One, one prediction. Occasionally. I'm ready. I locked in. You also picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I did. Okay, that's true. <laughs> so, but this, this, you know, this one was kind of a more out in the open. Yeah. More yeah. of like a, a. It's not a 50-50 game. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It took more skill, more, more, <laughs> more research. The one thing that jumps out at me with these contracts, though, Machado ended up getting more than Harper. Which was kind of surprising. Ludicrous. Because Harper is... The best. The, the, I mean, The yeah. best young phenom this league is well, uh, ever. Mike, no, Mike they're Trout. not that good. Mike they're Trout. That good. Yeah. But, but he should be getting Mike Trout money. It, it's true. And I think that his his deal, so 13 years, $330 million, averages out to 25.4 a year, which is not a lot. I mean, Machado I mean, got 30 mil. I mean, it's a lot. It, it's, yeah, it's big MLB money, but... Yeah, but... And Nolan Arenado, the star uh, third baseman for the Rockies, actually got a higher contract extension in per year value earlier this week than Harper got. When we were all thinking that he's going to get big money from teams, he had an offer from the Giants, 12 years, $310 million, and they were willing to go higher, but didn't really sell the deal to Harper, and he went to the Phillies. In case you missed it, Jason Witten, former tight end for the Cowboys, is now back on the Cowboys. Uh, was it was it two years he was off the team? One. Just one, one year, year of retirement. Year. It'll be so, his 16th season. So he was calling games for ESPN on Monday Night Football. Oh, and kind of. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was less than Tony spectacular. Romo. Yeah, it's, he's, no, <laughs> he's no Tony Romo in the booth, I'll tell you that. But we're excited to see what Jason Witt can do. Hayden's excited. I'm excited. Being one year, three fan. and a half mil. I'll pay that for... Jason Witness sit on the bench. I'm happy. He's going to be a great impact on the on the young core of the Cowboys, and hopefully he puts the Cowboys management into win now mode even more so because I want to win. So is his? Do you think his impact is just going to be mentoring guys, or what do you what do you think? What is he actually going to play at all? He's 39 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Two two years ago he was 20 or th- <laughs> 12 years ago he was 27. Two years ago he was 30 37 years old. And he was making a huge impact um, for Dak Prescott as a safety blanket in the offense. And with the departure of Cole Beasley coming up, uh, Jason Witten's going to be—he's um, going to need to keep a role in the offense. I don't think it's going to be the role that he had, but we have two young tight ends that started to blossom towards the end of the season. And I think just in general and team morale, like that's going to be his big deal. Is he's going to be 
one of those guys who maybe sits on the sideline and, and tells the guys what they missed, what they could have missed in practice, make sure everybody's getting there on time. He's a coach is what he's going to be. But on the field, he's going to be a safety blanket, and he's still going to have a role. Transitioning to the NBA, we've seen star players on, on big-name teams not really performing as of late. LeBron and the Lakers going through their own little turmoil. They beat the Anthony Davis-led Pelicans. Well, Anthony Davis less in the fourth quarter. Yeah, not not in the fourth quarter, but uh, they, they, they pulled it out, and there's been a lot of speculation with LeBron not playing defense, uh, not making the right plays, not engaging with his teammates. Um, and that's and- after he said... His playoff mode is activated. Yeah, he's no, ready to go. I if this is play if this is thirty four year old LeBron playoff mode, I don't know if the Lakers are going to go to the playoffs. They had they had a big contribution in the fourth quarter from last night's game from Rondo, John Rondo, aka Playoff Ooh. Rondo, as I like to call him, because he's the one who really got that team in a situation to win. Yeah, LeBron hit that uh, clutch three, fading away to uh, seal the game, but Rondo made a lot of plays, passing the ball, scoring, and just doing the right things to get his teammates in the best place to win. Another team that is struggling out of the All-Star break is the Boston Celtics. Difficult to watch them play now. I mean, it's been like this all season, up and down, but now it's mainly been down, and it's starting to show that Kyrie Irving may be the root of the problems. Frustrations with teammates, calling guys out, saying they're not playing together, uh, has really contributed to the negative impact that the team chemistry has faced these past few weeks. And since the All-Star break, they're 0-4. They're not exactly close games that they've been losing, but uh, by by a good number. They lost to the Raptors by about 20-something a couple nights ago. And it seems like Kyrie Irving is going to be making his way out of Boston as the season ends, and honestly, I'm not that upset about it. I, I think um, also looking at that game, uh, who they play? Oh, Trailblazers. Right, right. I think looking at that game against the Blazers, um, it, it really showed that it may not be Kyrie. That's, I mean, Kyrie's the winner on this team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Kyrie's the one that's been there before. He's got experience. Terry Rozier looked terrible, and we've seen... Who is he getting frustrated with? Um, Smart, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of inexperience on this team, and it just doesn't mesh with Kyrie's, like, prestige, so to speak. Yeah, no, they're definitely going to have a lot of problems to figure out as the year goes on but an alert just popped up on my phone so you know i gotta call it out we're all about breaking news on the podcast so apparently the dodgers offered harper a four-year 180 million dollar deal oh my that's and 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 those of you who may not be quick with the math that's 45 million dollars a year which is by (laughs) far the highest average annual salary ever by a player and i think harper Maybe Harper just doesn't believe in himself. Maybe he doesn't think No, that... no, he wanted security. He took nine more years on... You're saying he doesn't believe in that four years? Well, Like, look, he doesn't it... think he's going to get this money down he's the road? Getting, he's getting $20 million less over nine years With, longer. And no chance to no chance to improve that yeah, contract. Yeah, no, no opt-out. He's locked contract. in. I, I just think... I feel like he'd have a much better chance if you ran those numbers. Basically, throughout the rest of his career, in order to match, he'd have to make $150 million more, which doesn't seem unlikely, given how far the prime of a player is extended. I think you're right. I, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe he does like the security. Maybe he secretly does like Philadelphia. We don't really know. Oh, he just wants a cheesesteak. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can't blame him. He's not a California boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to jump back into basketball. A lot of teams that may make the playoffs, may not make the playoffs. I want to go rapid fire here. Okay, teams that are with, within three games of missing the playoffs, I want you to tell me, are they in or are they out? Okay? So we're going to start Utah Jazz. They're in. Donovan Mitchell's he's proven he can lead a team. He'll be fine. 
San Antonio Spurs. Popovich ain't losing. He, they're in too. Los Angeles Clippers. They're out. They're not. Really? They're not gonna do it. Really? They don't have a star. And he, Tobias Harris is gone. I don't think they have it in them. Okay. Sacramento Kings. I wish. I really like, mm-hmm. but I really love De'Aaron Fox and I love Marvin Bagley, but he's hurt now, so they're not gonna do it. Los Angeles Lakers. They're in, baby. Playoff mode activated. Oh, I, I'm calling it. Lebr- LeBron is not. LeBron is not gonna let them miss the playoffs here. They're gonna get swept in the first round, <laughs> but they're at least gonna make the playoffs. All right. Now moving over to the East. So basically, the way Hayden's got the playoffs laying out from the fifth seed down. Houston, Utah, San Antonio, and the Lakers. That's, not we the just Clippers. switch in the LA team. Yeah, we're just, we're just going it's across same, town. Same city. That's all same city. Now in the East, Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons are in because they're two games up on the Magic. I think that's enough cushion for them. And mm. I mean, I'm not that scared of the Magic, although Vucevic is pretty nice with it. Yeah, honestly. All star. All star Vucevic. Ooh. Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are in. Hornets are in. Kemba Walker is, he's going to show up for him. He'll be fine. So, so you're telling me that D Braid, <laughs> AKA. Hashtag one last dance. Hashtag D Wade does not lead the Heat back into the playoffs. I really want him to, and I think if he does, then it's going to be over the Pistons. It's not going to be over the Hornets, but that's okay. going to take a slip up from the from the Pistons. Yeah, and and a couple more, a couple more big one handed fadeaway floaters from D Wade. Yeah, that's true. He's gonna he's gonna need to have show a little bit more in the tank. So and then the Magic speaking of too. the tank, watch out for the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming for the Zion. They're coming. Yeah, what is it? Not not trying for Zion? Is that what it is? <laughs> okay, so we've got you all caught up on the sports news, and now I know what you're thinking. The title of this uh, this podcast episode is The Legend of Lil Stoner. Lil Stoner, but baby! But we haven't mentioned Lil Stoner at all, and you may be thinking, oh, is he like a SoundCloud rapper? Like, is he featured on Lil Pump's new album? What is my son listening to? What, the what Legend of Lil Stoner? <laughs> what has this world become? Our, Our moms are not going to be happy. <laughs> no, they are not. No, mom, we don't listen to anyone named Lil Stoner. But we do learn about him. We do learn about Lil Stoner. Lil Stoner was born today. This is why we're talking about him. He's well, he born... wasn't born today. Well, not today. There's some kid like... somewhere named Lil Stoner. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was born in 1899 on this date, I should say. February 28th. February 28th. Lil Stoner was born in Bowie, Texas. Almost elite. Texas. Texas. That's, that's the home, that is That is the home. So he was born. He wasn't born Lil. That wasn't his, his well, name. Well, he probably was. Well, he, yeah, everybody's he was born Lil. Lil. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're right. So Ulysses Simpson Grant Stoner. That's a, okay. That's a president name, by the that way. That is. No. He, Ulysses, his, Ulysses Grant right there. His parents had a thing for famous people names when they named their kids because you know how many there were at the Lil Stoners? That's what I'll call them. I'll how just many, call them, how I'll many, call them collectively. How many Lil Pebbles? Lil Stones? <laughs> <laughs> there, there, were, there were 18 Lil Stoners. Oh my! The kids in the family. Oh my goodness! And all you've got Benjamin Franklin Stoner, <laughs> William McKinley Stoner. It's just all the presidents in one room, just Theodore, like <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt Stoner and Washington Irving Stoner, to name a few. Oh my goodness! So he got the name Lil Stoner from from Lil Ted, Teddy Roosevelt Stoner. Okay. Who couldn't pronounce Ulysses? Because I mean, it's, it's tough. a tough name. So he just called him Lil, which is okay. I mean, we understand. He was probably not a big guy either. Yeah, was that, he a big guy? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, there's so. a picture of him. I mean, yeah, he's not he a look. look. He doesn't look. But every, you know, he probably had a average. Expert. Yeah, yeah. five ten, maybe six foot. Uh, but one of the one of the the stories in his childhood that affected uh, his his SoundCloud, life at oh, the most. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, not his SoundCloud rapping career because SoundCloud wasn't invented in the early 20th century. His his older brother Mac, aka William McKinley Stoner. Oh, okay. Was chopping wood. Big Stoner. Yeah, <laughs> big Stoner. Yep, yep, yep. He was chopping wood. Okay, in the backyard. And Lil Stoner 
walks up to him, sticks his hand on the chopping block, and is like, hey, cut my finger. That is... I mean, that's the guts you need to be an MLB player. It's Let true. me tell you, he's, he was ready from the get-go. Especially way back then. Oh, my goodness. But he's only four, so he doesn't oh. have the cognitive skills to be like, <laughs> this is actually going to hurt. But William, Mc- William McKinley Stoner did, because he's big stoner. Big stoner. He made a big move. And he, and he, just, he just chopped it off. Oh, my. He chopped he not, his not, finger not, off? Not clean off, I should say. The little part was dangling. Wasn't a good okay. enough swing, then. No, I mean, it wasn't. Come so on. He wasn't destined for the majors, oh. like his bro. But he, he runs into the house. He like shows his mom. Imagine you're the mom. You're like, yeah. like, how did this happen? Like, so she wraps it up really tight. No questions asked. Yeah, they call <laughs> they call the doctor. They're like, hey, what can we do? The doctor's like, honestly, not a lot you can do. Just hope it heals itself. And it did. It eventually healed, but it was crooked. Okay. okay. I mean, that's that's a small price to pay. Yeah, it's true. But it actually helped him in his career because he had a fastball that they said sunk. Oh. Said it sunk, leaving okay. his hand. He grew up playing baseball in Bowie, Texas. And he eventually joined the Western League, which is the was another name for the, the minor leagues in baseball back then. And it took a couple years playing before he finally got a shot in the MLB. On April 15, 1922, he debuted in the big leagues for the Detroit Tigers. His first pitching appearance, he came, in, he came in in the third inning, pitched six innings, three walks, six hits, allowed five runs, and had a strikeout. That's not a good That's not a good. No, show. it really isn't. Oh, but the, the, it gets worse. Six days later, his first appearance starting, he went the whole game, seven runs, 16 hits. But they won 16-7. to seven. That, I mean, so he's a winner. A win's Will a win. Stoner's a winner. A win's a win. The next season, he, he, was, he was not on, on the Tigers. He was sent down to their lower league team, the Fort Worth Panthers. I love Fort Worth. Fort Worth. It's a nice place. Where he had the best, the best stretch of his career. So on that season, he was 27 and 11. He was he was blazing, dude. Yeah, 27 <laughs> 27 and 11 with a 2.7 ERA, and he pitched 302 innings. That's pretty good numbers. They went on to win the Dixie Series, which is the Texas and Southern League Championship. Okay. And he was called back up to the Tigers in 1924. They're like, oh shoot, we got to get a little stoner back Honestly, up in here. Honestly, he's he was cooking. The next season, he started out pretty well. Finished the season 11 and 11, 4.7 ERA, which is, you That's know, fine. decent season. Uh, the, the Tigers ended the year six games out of first place. And the way that the playoffs worked in baseball back then is different than the way they do now. So they played for what's called the pennant. Mm-hmm. And the two top teams from the two divisions, the American League and the National League, would play each other in a seven game series. Uh, well, no first playoffs? Five, first five, then seven. No playoffs. All right. So it was one team. You had to be the best in your league in order to make it through. They unfortunately weren't that year. Six games out of first place. I think. I so think, he had no chance. When, when, no. You finish, when you finish six games out, like, there's no, like, there's mm-hmm. no Cinderella there's no story. Nope. That's rough. It's just, it's just the top guys. Uh, the next year, more of the same. 10 and 9, 4.2 ERA. Fourth Rotation place on player. the season. That's fine. You know, he's, he's contributing. He's doing his part. But I know what you're thinking, okay? He deserves we, Bryce Harper money. Well, I mean, of course. But, like, other than that, you're probably thinking, I wonder what he does off the field, right? That wasn't like, what it's ex- not. It's well, not- I have one thought of what he does off the field. Really? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, no, he I makes mean, SoundCloud I, music, right? Yes. <laughs> well, he did enjoy music of some kind. So one of his friends okay. and the Detroit Tigers got him into opera music, and he was Ooh, hooked. I, so, I was thinking hip-hop. Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't okay. really around. That came around like the late 80s, early 90s. Right, right, right. So it wasn't really a thing back then. But most of the guys in Texas, you know, you're Texan, you like country music, like Western music. Not my man, not my man, Little Stoner. 
I wouldn't expect a guy with the name Lil Stoner to be a fan of country music. Well, he I w- didn't like country music, and he, and he grew up in Texas. Yeah, but he, he had a love for the opera, and you could always catch him going what to the opera. What a fine man. Is, yeah, so he's very cultured. Not only that, but he was also quite the baker. I'm, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what did he Baking do? Baking cakes. He baked oh, cakes. cakes. He baked cakes. cakes. Yes. So there were multiple pictures in the newspaper. Will Stoner's Bakery. Did I, he open a bakery after by, he I retired? No, I don't know. I he wish. He should have. But there were multiple... Multiple reports in the league of him being known as quite the baker. I I don't know if that's the vibe you want to give off as a pitcher. Yeah, it's kind of soft. That's true. This is yeah. Ain't no crying in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Opera and and baking. Uh, like, I, and it gets but it gets worse if you're looking at it from a a rough and tough standpoint. In the early 1900s. <laughs> well, yeah, in the early 1900s, he was also uh, a lover of the the irises, not the eye, the, the part of the eye, but the flower. The f- he was a renowned. That's oddly specific. He was a renowned <laughs> Irish judge, like as in like nationwide. He would judge irises. <laughs> okay, I, w- I wish I was making this up, but I'm I'm really not. And he was asked to travel to judge irises in flower shows. Oh my goodness! And he created this is this is his greatest. He had an iris maybe, for the iris. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh my goodness! But it gets crazier. Okay, his greatest achievement, maybe in his career, out of everything. Was he created a pink iris hybrid? That's kind of that's kind of sick. Which I like is that. is pretty cool. I don't really know how to explain that. <laughs> and and like he took what... two plants and he, you know, yeah, got the business going on I, with the plants. I, and I guess I germinated. That's the yep. word, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. This ain't a science show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Somewhere somewhere out there, for, uh, if anyone wants to message me, some bio majors. And, like... Yeah, some some bio majors out there <laughs> that know how to uh, make a hybrid of plants. Like, let me know, and next episode I'll explain <laughs> how that works. Those were his, his off-the-field hobbies. Not what a the, fine man. Not the, not the most rough-and-tumble things you'd expect out of a Texan boy. A, a good old but, Texas boy. He, he's not. That's not yeah, him. No, he's, he's reinventing himself. Here's probably the, most, the greatest moment in his uh, major league career as a pitcher. Okay. Okay, so through his first four or five years in the league, he had, had not given up a home run to Babe Ruth. Okay, for those of you who don't know Babe Ruth, uh, watch The Sandlot. Babe Ruth, <laughs> a.k.a. The Sultan of Swat. The Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Clout, the, the great Bambino. Bambino. Yes, thank you. One of the greatest baseball players of all time. Home, prolific home run hitter, but Lil Stoner had his number, I guess. She couldn't hit a home run against him first five years. He was that years. dropper off the finger. I guess, that, that, that drop from the fastball. <laughs> but June 8, 1926, that fateful day. In a 3-0 count, he threw one of those dropping fastballs to Babe Ruth, who took him yard. And he just it didn't just clear the fence. The The sports writers there from New York who had covered Babe Ruth his whole career said that it was by far the longest home run of, of his career and that it they guesstimated it to be 600 to 626 feet. 600, that guy dropped Which 626. Just, like, yeah, I think it's about 626 yeah, feet. <laughs> just, and just to give you That's reference, the longest home run last season, or two seasons ago, I believe, was 493. Gary Sanchez of the Yankees, two years wow. ago, hit a 493. That's obviously well beyond oh, man. 493. And we don't know, obviously, if that's true. I mean, there could be a little bit of, like, you know, there's no video, so he could be stretching the truth a little bit. But they say, the sports writers who'd followed him his whole career said that it was by far the longest of his career. So Lil Stoner's got that going for him. That's the best moment of his career, giving up Babe Ruth's fattest homer. Throughout the rest of his career, Lil Stoner bounced around different major league teams. Uh, he hopped on the, the Philadelphia Phillies for a bit. He went to a couple more teams, went to the, the Western League in Omaha, uh, went back to Fort Worth, 
Got to go home. Went to New York, New Jersey, and ended his career on the Enid Champlin Refiners. That's a team I've never heard of. A semi-pro team. I hadn't heard of him either. Well, he had to go semi-pro because he had to make time for the baking and stuff. It's true. He, he yeah. probably like and he got things. swamped with Irish competition judging. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, he's like, I gotta, booked. I have to. Good thing yeah. he's a pitcher; he doesn't have to play every night. It's true. Yeah, so he could schedule him off. But he ended a champion, the nineteen thirty nine season. He even scored one of the runs off a wild throw to first oh, base. Oh my! He scored one of the runs, and the Enid Champlin Refiners won the 24th Denver Pro, Denver Post Semi-Pro Baseball Tournament with an undefeated record. How about that? The 24th Denver Post Semi-Pro Baseball Tournament. That Try saying that one that five sounds times like fast. A, that sounds like a pickup game. Yeah, it's true. Well, Stoner, I'm sure he went back to baking, and I, I bet he finished his career on an even stronger note um, with like a really nice green cake with a nice pink hybrid iris on top. I, I could see that. <laughs> and yeah, no, he could have combined... His love for baking and flowers into one. And maybe baseball? One fo- and maybe even the <laughs> opera, too. Oh, my. One, one great cake to... This guy seems like a guy that would be your neighbor growing up, you know? Like, yeah, we used to go over to... <laughs> we used to go... What's his name? We used to go over to old Mr. Ulysses' house, and he would tell us about how he played minor league baseball for the Fort Worth, whatever they were, and he would cross irises and judge competitions and... I love I love Little Stoner today. I think that we can all take a moment to appreciate the kind of man that Little Stoner was. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you didn't enjoy hearing his baseball career, but there must have been something in there that you liked—the opera, the flowers. Well, he really paints a picture baking. of what baseball was like. I it's mean, true. Uh, professional sports. Mm-hmm. Professional sports haven't always been, you know, a twenty-four hours, seven days a week job. Yeah, and and the life he lived outside of. Of the league, you don't a really hear. Man. You don't hear about that much anymore. Uh, yeah, all you hear about is players playing Fortnite and stuff. Yeah, honestly, get some culture. Go to the opera. Go to the opera. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Like I said, 100% ad free. I just want to give a shout out though to the website that had this phenomenal story on Lil Stoner, Saber Saber.org, the Society for American Baseball Research, and Bob Hurt for writing Bob this article. Hurt. Thank you so much. That I, I really enjoy learning more about Lil Stoner. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to him too. And if you guys have any more stories that you want me to cover or you're like, oh, this would be interesting. Let's learn more about that. Hit up my DMs. Send me a send me a name. I'll research them. I, I think it's fun. No SoundCloud rappers though. No SoundCloud. No, no SoundCloud that's rappers. none of that. They can sound like SoundCloud rappers. They can't be SoundCloud rappers. Special thanks to Hayden for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. It's always a pleasure. And I'm glad to have learned about Lil Stoner. It's true. I would I, I would have gone the rest of my day without this story. That would not I mean, I'm a history major for a reason. It's true. There you go. <laughs> Make sure to tune in next week. We've got an MLS preview with two of my friends who know way more about soccer than I do. It's going to be a great episode. Make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.